Patrick, another week, another Polini perspective. Tough week, Sarah. Tough week. Oh, my God. Very tough week. I I mean, I can't wait. And I'm so excited for our guest today because he has been a longtime, not only radio personality, Fox 5 contributor, but he's also sort of had his finger on the pulse of D.C. So I'm so curious for his thoughts, too. But it has been a historic week in this country. For sure. Absolutely. So Guy Lambert is actually joining us today. Many of you have probably seen him on Fox 5. As I mentioned, he's a contributor. Or you've heard his fabulous news voice, Guy Lambert, on WPGC. And he is here with us today. So, Guy, we're super excited to have you. Hey, guys, you ever see a black man blush? With that intro, you're just about to make me blush. (laughs) I'm glad to be on the show. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Oh, Guy, well, we're super excited to chat with you. And and Patrick, I know there's a lot you've been tweeting about. Where do you want to start, Patrick? Uh, I think we just have, you know, obviously we have to start with the historic week it was around the country with uh, the Black Lives Matters protests. Uh, I, I assume it was probably all 50 states, I believe and many locations within those states. Um, I think it was transformative. I do think uh, my sense is, and you know, every time you have an unfortunate tragedy like we've had, you, you know, you've had the Ferguson and, and the Baltimores and, and the Charlestons and, and then, you know, obviously with like school shootings, you've had, you know, outcry about gun violence. And I, I feel this is a little different in the sense that I think you'll hopefully get some true reform. And we're going to talk about it a later. Yeah. I'm concerned that, you know, it may go completely too far. And some of the, some of the expectations in terms of like the fund, the police and things, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I, I, I sense, you know, being in Washington, DC, seeing what happened down at Lafayette Plaza, you know, you know, hearing the conversations um, in my own home and, and, and with obviously my Fox five colleagues and so forth. I, I think this um, I think you're going to get s- some serious reform out of this. And yeah. I think it was, I think it was historic for a few reasons. So yeah, certainly we'd like to get guys perspective on that and yours, but uh, that that's what I think right now. Yeah, yeah, we have tons to cover. Guy, do you want to jump in there? We Let's talk with, it does seem there's a lot of momentum right now um, mm-hmm. on the heels of so much protesting, which has just been beautiful to see, not only in our country, but worldwide. Um, a, a, a movement to defund police. So, Guy, is there anything yeah. you want to start with um, before we get into that? I mean, you've certainly been covering no, no. everything. Very much so. I think you will hit the nail right on the head. You know, if I could start, I would say that the the issue with the protests is that there's really no issue at all. And what I mean by that is that what really bothered me with regard to the protests, because so many folks, you know, they came out in droves. They they wanted their voice to be heard. They exercised their American right to do so. Uh, But it was tainted, if you will, with regard to the number of people who began to loot, with the number of people who began to uh, exhibit violence in some way, form or fashion. And for me, it was really bothersome because it, it completely took away uh, the issue at hand. It changed the narrative. And that happened to be the death of George Floyd. And now we're you know, sitting on, you know, whether it be Fox, whether it be on my radio station, WPGC, and we're talking about the idiots that are running around uh, looting. It, 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 it just completely watered down what was going on. And it really bothered me. 
And, and I think what happens with that is that so many folks that were saying, well, you know, these protests, they're out of hand, that this should not be happening. Well, to a certain extent, you can agree with these folks because look at what's happening. Look what was associated with the protests. And that is the looting. And that is, as I stated before, the violence. So that really bothered me. Um, you know, as you all know, I'm African-American. And uh, although all races were looting, I did see all. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't help when you see, you know, the same possibly the same guy that was at the protest who happens to be African-American two hours later looting. It just it, it, it really bothered me because a lot of folks that were on the cusp of saying, you know what, this is a good thing. Well, they're now looking at that same guy looting and they're saying, you know what, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, at all. I, I agree with you. guy. I think it, it gave it gave. Listen, it's very it's certainly difficult, I think, to find people who don't believe black lives matter. Or at least the premise. The problem, and I agree with you 100, percent is it gave, it gave, it gave the you know whatever the other side is, or even even in in your case, the, the protesters, the peaceful protesters themselves, it, it, it drowned out some of what they were trying to accomplish. I will say though, I do believe the the past. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. certainly culminating with the, the huge crowd Saturday in Philly and, and L.A. and Chicago and D.C. Very peaceful. Uh, I do think that it, it, it calmed down. And, you know, whether that was, you know, there's debate whether that was bringing the National Guards, which obviously Mayor Bowser didn't like. And some other cities did like it because it actually appeared to have calmed the looting and the rioting and, and you could get back to the message at hand. So. Uh, I, I was really happy to see that this past Saturday was um, appeared to be extremely peaceful. So we have uh, every every day at one o'clock we have uh, general manager calls, obviously dealing with the COVID situation and other you know breaking news. Obviously these past uh, week and a half, and we went around and we have all the major cities in our in our television station group, and each GM was like. No arrest, peaceful. No arrest, peaceful. No wow. arrest, peaceful. So that's that, great. That was that was good to hear this past weekend. I do think, guy, uh, your point earlier in the week, it got out of hand and it did drown out the message. But uh, I think as the week went on, the message you know became more clear. Now we could talk about it. it did I think you know the defund the police and some of that other rhetoric muddied the waters as well? Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so you know, what what do you think about that concept? guy or you know do you have a, uh, a oh no i definitely have a stance on it you know it, it's interesting uh, i took a break on the weekend you know i wanted to get away from all of it just relax i come back and all i hear is defund the police oh my god what's this all about to me um let, let me start by saying this you know it was once said that if you're a racist that's your problem however if you're a racist in power that's my problem and i think that's where all of this stems from with regard to defund the police however I think it's been I think it's confusing to a certain extent. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm an independent. I stand in the middle. I like a lot of stuff. Democrats say Me I like too. a lot of stuff Republicans say, I, you know, I never understood why you just got to drink Coke or Pepsi. I like uh, orange soda sometimes, guys. Yep. Um, but I'll, with I'll that being with, said, guy, 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 I'll go with the cream soda before the orange. <laughs> <laughs> well, root beer is pretty good, too, <laughs> uh, especially if you put ice cream in it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think so many times, obviously, the message is really coming from the Democrats. And, and you know, this is no shot against them, as I stated. I like a lot of what they both say, and that is their messaging so many times is correct. It's just the way that it's conveyed. When you look at the statement, 
defund the police. In essence, what you're doing is you're separating folks. What does that mean? What do you mean defund the police? And and so to to their point, you have to you know think about that. Uh, for example, uh, there's a one point million students are in schools with cops, but no counselors. Three million students are in schools with cops, but no nurses. Right. Uh, they even did a study up in New York. Uh, uh, they made a conscious decision to reduce the number of police and crime continued to go down. So to say to defund the police. OK, I get it. But at the same time, what does that mean? So if there's an incident in, let's say, my neighborhood, I live in Columbia Heights, who am I supposed to call? Who, who well, do I call to assist me? Who's supposed to serve and protect uh, with regard to when I have a need? So I, I think what the message needs to be clear. It, 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 to say defund the police, you're, in many cases, you're insulting the police department. You're insulting yeah. those that, that have worked so hard to protect us. Um, I get the message, though, and that message is, Hey, guys, uh, we should focus on other issues that affect the African-American community. But at the same time, I don't think and this is my personal opinion. I don't think that means we need to take away money from the police department in order to do so. If anything, more funding needs to be given to the police department so that training can can happen so that a George Floyd doesn't happen again. Uh, yeah. Guys, so how much? But you guys, how much money do they need? You're talking over a five hundred million dollar police budget in Washington, D.C., Mayor Bowser proposing a 3.3% increase. You know, why do local police... Now, I will give the exception of New York City, Washington, D.C., some of the major cities that do also have to deal with terrorism. But, I mean, you're talking police departments, they sink half a billion dollars in, and crime still doesn't decrease. And, I, you know, to me, I understand what you're saying, Guy, like the statement of defund police, I think, is jarring to people. But really what it means is they need less military-like equipment. You know, they need more. We need to shift to mental health because, unfortunately, for police, they become mental health advocates. Lots of times they're going out answering calls with people who have schizophrenia who are bipolar untreated and then we leave the police out there to try to deal with these people and you can see how sometimes they get to a breaking point so sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here because i'm I'm, now i'm gonna bring politics into it okay which we always love to talk about on our our show number one you're qualifying you're you're trying to define it for them the minneapolis city council president was on cnn yesterday and was very clear it means to eliminate the Minneapolis Police Department. That's she ridiculous. Was asked, she was asked specifically, what would you do if somebody was breaking? Who would you call if someone's breaking into your home at 2 a.m.? And her response was, well, I would think about my white privilege and those who've had to go through this over and over again. Okay, she did say that, but then she also said, you know, it works for people where police come and actually help you out. But there's lots of neighborhoods where calling the police during a break in could result in them getting shot. Let let, let me say this. Here's my position on all this. There is 100 percent agreement in that. Police reform and, and to Guy's point, I think they made a catastrophic mistake calling it defund the police versus reform the police number one number two you have you talk about budgets sarah and and this is where i'm going to bring politics into it in all these major cities where you have 500 million dollars budget for this 500 million dollars budget for that police force washington dc la chicago detroit philly who's been running these cities for the last 50 years a lot of democratic mayors not a lot most who's been the governors of these states democrats who controls the budgets 
the city councils, the state legislators, the mayors, they've chosen to keep their citizens safe because I still believe most police do right by most citizens. And I don't want to, you know, people make phrase of make fun of the phrase, oh, a few bad apples. I think there's more than a few bad apples. I think there are reforms that have to take place. I think you need third party panels to investigate every use of force. I think there needs sensitivity, de-escalation, and equality training. I do think you probably need two years of some sort of post high school education or uh, whether it's military or, or something else before you can become a police department. I think there needs to be some sort of full transparency when an officer uh, is accused of multiple violations. So they can't move from department to part department to department or precinct to precinct. I think there needs to be more black judges. I think there. There's uh, I could go on and on and on. on it, Patrick, it's called common sense. That's exactly what you just touched on. It's common yeah. sense. Right. Yeah, but, but, but why this, doesn't it happen then? If it's it's as easy as common sense. Uh, I don't think it's e- and nothing's easy. Racism isn't easy. Inequality is not easy. I think that mayors struggle with keeping citizens stay, safe. I mean, you know, listen, I don't want to make fun of a You know, it's terrible what happens in a city like Baltimore. I mean, you know, it's. <clears throat> But the fact that they can't have figured out how to decrease crime in a city like that is absolutely perplexing. And then to say you're not going to have, I'm not saying Baltimore saying this, but a city like Baltimore, you're not going to have police. And and listen, students have a right to be safe in schools. I mean, these, these SROs, uh, they're trained, they're trained to deal with kids. They're trained to deescalate. They're trained to understand youth and what they go through. And to, 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 you know, Prince George's County was discussing last night, pulling them out of schools. I think that's an enormous mistake, enormous yeah. mistake. Very so, much so. To your point, Patrick, not to cut you off, but to your point. No, what happened over in, 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 in St. Mary's County with regard to the school shooting? We all remember that. Fox 5 covered that very well. And, and that is it was an, an in-school officer that literally stopped the violence from escalating within that school. We all remember that day. Uh, it was a tragic day. And so to say that, hey, we're just going to remove all police officers from schools, it just does not make any sense. And then I'm going to throw in another potentially unpopular political opinion here. I think unions have to have their power cut in half. I think part of the problem with police forces, the unions protect the officers. There's this code of blue we're going to protect the commanding officer on, on scene, the one, you know, the, the, the murderer of George Floyd. Shot, the Derek Chauvin. Offi- the other officers were relatively new. I'm sure they were nervous uh, to say anything. Now, again, at some point you got to do what's right, and I'm not defending them by any means. But I think one officer was four, on his fourth shift. One was on his second shift. Yeah. That was their training officer. That's a problem. How does that guy become a training officer? So I think those are the questions we have to ask and dig into. And maybe the defund the police is like to catch everyone's attention and then it'll be pulled back from that. And it'll truly be, maybe we could use some more money for mental health. Maybe we could use some more money for training. And, and that's where I hope it ends up. Uh, But from a political perspective, if, 
the fund the police is the mantra going into the election. I think it helps Trump. I, I truly believe it helps Trump. And, ah! and not, I, I, I do. We Listen, hope not. People want to be safe. At the end of the day, it's easy to say we don't want police, but people want to be safe. Patrick, are but, you? But, but, oh, go ahead. But, with you saying that, though, Patrick, um, my thought, I, I guess I'm curious as to, we, you just stated several points as to why this is not a good thing. Well, you know, we just said defunding the police. We should change the rhetoric with regard to that. We should uh, focus on certain things, whether it be mental health uh, and other issues that affect the African-American community. So why not use that as your platform versus separating people versus saying, hey, you know, the whole defund the police thing, that, that works. It, it, it doesn't work. It yeah, continues to you. separate yeah. folks. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I can't. I didn't always going to agree with you so much, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. No, I, I think sometimes, although I will say sometimes it is um, a communication uh, strategy to kind of throw yeah. something out there like a wide net and then you know, the mayors in the, like, I'll give an example. Garcetti, who's the mayor in LA, uh, said he's going to move $100 million from the police budget to uh, social workers, mental health uh, individuals, and uh, additional training and so forth. So if, if by saying defund the police, you get some mayors to relook at their budgets, then that's a win for them. And maybe they're yeah. not necessarily worried about politics, which is probably in many cases, a good thing. Uh, listen, certainly, you know, this became also a Trump versus Bowser, Trump versus, you know, he's tweeting out law and order. I, again, listen, you know, I think he clearly missed an opportunity to unite. Rather yeah. Than, and again, I, we've had, unfortunately, we've had uh, unarmed black men tragically killed for years and years. Uh, and, and racial inequality in terms of how many people get pulled over and questioned and stop and frisk for, for well before President Trump. Having said that, I think he completely missed an opportunity to to be a uniter and to de-escalate the situation. You know, everyone's talking about his his photo op at the church. I mean, how how would it have been if he walked to the church again without tear gassing people or pepper spraying people, whatever he did? And, and, ha and met with the leaders of Black Lives Matter in that church and had a real conversation, similar to what President Obama did with the beer summit. And again, that was a photo op, but it worked because it was yeah. a conversation. So, I, you know, I, I think there was a lot of missteps um, on, on that side as well this past week, for sure. Uh, to add to that, I, honestly, I think it boils down to empathy. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I'm African-American, guys. Every time I hop in the car, true story, a uh, police officer drives by me. I, I get nervous. I'm not yeah. doing anything wrong. Um, you know, I, I look in my rear view mirror to see if that officer is going to turn around. Uh, others may not have had that experience. And so as a result, it might be harder for someone else to understand what that means, that feeling, that, that, that you know, your stomach turning a little bit. Uh, when you look in that rearview mirror and you see an officer behind you, and as I stated, you did nothing wrong. I get pulled over. I always keep my hands on the steering wheel yeah. until that officer walks up to the window. It's just things that, as an African-American male, that you're taught by your parents to do. You're very respectful. You have to be. Otherwise, the officer can, you know, think that you're being a smart ass and who knows right. where it goes 
I say all that to say, just really quick, I say all that to say is that President Trump, I, I would argue, has never experienced anything like that. And so with that being said, I'm not sure he's ever driven a car either. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I would would hope he would express empathy to understand what what I go through, to understand what I feel and want to know what that feels like. So as our commander in chief, he would hope that that would not happen in the future. And as a white male who has, you know, now a 22 year old son, but I, you know, when I was, I was running Fox five when, the Baltimore riots occurred. And I remember, and Sarah, you and I have talked about this. I, you know, reached out to several of our, our, our uh, African-American uh, anchors and reporters and so forth to, to at least try to understand what was the frustration and what was going on. And, and I remember talking to one of our anchors who said, you know, at that time, my son was probably 17, 18, I'm guessing. Mm. And, you know, I, I gave him my car, which was, you know, an old Audi and, you know, and it hit home when, when she said, you know, when, when your son's driving around in Washington or Bethesda or wherever at one o'clock in the morning before he comes home after being at a friend's house, if he was to get, if you knew he was getting pulled over by the police, you would not be worried. Right. Yeah. But I am. And that, you know, when, when, when it was said like that, it really hit home how you're right, empathy and understanding. And listen, I can never understand fully for, you know, I, I haven't lived that and nor am I black, but I just, when it, when it explained like that, you, you could put yourself in that person's shoes at least yeah. and understand. And that's, I think if we do that as a society, I, I think we'll all be better off. I, you know, I always try to, even being, you know, managing a TV station of 200 people, I always try to put myself in everyone else's shoes. It's hard sometimes just to see where their perspective, where they're coming from, what their issues could be, what, what are they struggling with? And, and I think if we did that as a society, we'd be so much better off. I really do. Very much so. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Patrick, I wanted to ask you, CNN just put out a poll yesterday saying that President Trump's approval rating are the, is the lowest it's ever been. Uh, hovering around 38%, equivalent to when Jimmy Carter was president. Do you believe no. that poll? No, I don't. I, well, for, well, let, let me say this. I went back and looked. Uh, June 15, 2016, CNN put out a poll, had Hillary up 14 as well. Uh, Bloomberg poll that same week had uh, Trump over Hillary, 52-39. Uh, I believe Biden's ahead. I believe he's soundly ahead. I don't believe it's anywhere near 14. I believe it's probably in the eight or nine range right now. I I will say that I think it's a tight path. I think if the election was to be held today, it's a very tight path for Trump. I think he would have, I think he's clearly going to lose Michigan and Pennsylvania. I think Wisconsin, Arizona, Maine, Florida is his path. I think if he loses any of those, he he's not president. But we got a long way to go. I mean, you know, he had like we were, we opened this up talking about rallies. It looks like he's going to resume his rallies in a couple of weeks. Biden's been, you know, you know, you know, hunkered down in his basement. I'm not sure Biden's going to be a great campaigner. I I, I think but here's the question: Does the economy continue to rebound quickly like it appears it is? Do things open yeah. up? Is there a second? wave of covid and and we got to lock back down 
Um, I think that um, a lot depends on who. I, I think it's the most important VP pick in the history of this country. Um, so, you know, it's a great segue. There was an article yesterday. Uh, it was a Hill op-ed about how Biden should pick Condoleezza Rice, hmm. you know, former uh, George W. Bush Secretary of State, worked in George H. Bush's, was a, uh, also worked for in the Carter administration. Uh, so she's, you know, fairly moderate, obviously an African-American, very well-educated and well-respected female. And, you know, I had said this to you, Sarah, a couple of weeks ago. I think it would be an automatic win for Joe Biden. I don't think he'll do it, but right. I think it'd be an absolute landslide victory if he picked the Condoleezza Rice as VP. Well, I agree as well. Yeah, Guy, add to that, because that was a um, I think the Hill or whatever just did that article because the Washington Post just put out, I think, as you we were talking about, Patrick, a list, right? I think of his 10 of Biden's 10 VP candidates, all women listing their qualifications. Condoleezza Rice wasn't on that. They had the Hill had picked up and said this would be a great candidate for VP for him. So, Guy, add to that. What do you think about that? Yeah, by far. The main reason is because he's crossing the aisle. That's the one thing that we're all missing mm. here as of late. That's uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, that's what has now happened as a result of uh, Trump becoming president. And that is th- there's no crossing the aisle. There's no shaking hands. There's no, hey, guys, can't we all get along? There's no working this out. Uh, Biden would, I think, uh, really benefit from all of this if he decided to go down that route. Not only that, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I stated, I'm not a Republican, not a Democrat, but I think a lot of Republicans are looking to to go back to what it is to truly be a Republican. And that is, I think of maybe, let's say, a Condoleezza Rice. I think of Paul Ryan. Um, I don't necessarily know that four or five years ago, if you put up a picture of President Trump and or you knew how he was going to act while in the office, you would say, you know what? Those are true Republican values. Biden, I think, could really capitalize off of that by saying, you know what, I'm going to bring her along and I'm going to bring me along and we're all going to have a good time at doing this. Can't we all get along? I think think she could unify, help him unify. I think the moderate, you know, moderate uh, suburban individuals who may have been Republican, who are a little disenfranchised with Trump, but not don't necessarily want to go Democrat. I think would flood to her and to Biden in that case. I, again, I don't think he'll do it, but I think it would be a landslide victory for that, uh, Biden. That's a great strategy. I mean, that would be something. So, so real quick, let's talk about a few of the other names. Obviously, uh, Kamala Harris is is the front runner. Um, I think he's she's a safe choice. Um, you know, she had, she didn't get too far in the primaries. I, I don't. Sometimes she struggles with her messaging. I think the Democrats will be able to attack her on a few things. Uh, Stacey Abrams, I think, is is not in the running. My personal opinion, I don't believe she's in the running. Uh, they, they keep mentioning Susan Rice, which I think would be disastrous for Biden based on the Benghazi and some other things that, that have occurred with her and some of the controversy that you know she was involved in some of these meetings toward the end of Obama pre-Trump and, you know, with the FBI and the FISA warrants. I just, I think it'll muddy the waters. Uh, the, the Atlanta mayor's rising fast. Sarah, Yay! you mentioned her last week. I like her. Keisha, is, I, is it, um, oh my gosh, I was messed up or less. Is it Keisha Rowling's Blake? Bottoms. 
Oh, bottoms. okay, bottoms. Thank yeah. you. And, and then Val Demings, obviously, who I mentioned to you last week, Sarah, who is the congresswoman from Florida, former police chief of Orange County, of Orlando uh, County, uh, could be interesting in light of all Floyd situation and and the police uh, issues going on. So I I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, choice. Yeah. And then certainly a, just an insane election. Oh, it's going to get so good. Guy, what are you hearing? Like, you obviously report news. You, you know, very in touch with what's going on in the city. Any front runners that you think for Biden? Well, I got to tell you, I need to hang out with you more, Sarah, because I think you hit the nail right on the head. Everyone happens to be talking about Keisha Lance Bottoms. Of course, she has been very outspoken yeah. with regard to what's been happening within her city, the city of Atlanta, uh, pertaining to the uh, coronavirus and in the, the, the continuous spread of it as well. Uh, she was also outspoken uh, against the governor, so much so that he had to somewhat take a step back uh, and rearrange his whole, um, let's say, rhetoric, if you will, to make sure that it went in line with not offending uh, her constituents. Um, uh, with regard to Susan Rice, uh, let, let me say this. I, I think that if Biden goes down that alley, uh, that is a major mistake. He is, in essence, running on the coattails of President Obama, which uh, a lot of Obama fans are going to say, hey, that's great. I'm going to cast the vote just because of that. But what does it say that if both you and your vice president, you have to use Obama in order to, let's say, win the election. I think that's going a little bit too far. I, I think that says that Joe Biden can't stand by himself, can't stand alone, and not doesn't necessarily have the message that he created, um, that he implemented uh, to make folks feel comfortable to cast that vote for him. That's a good point. I mean, I, that's a good point. I think that is, yeah. I think he's got to have somebody that is really in control and knows what she's doing. And Kamala feel, is a good candidate, and I think Keisha would be too. You know, you, you just, with her, I think you just know that she's a strong voice. So, yeah, it's going to be very fascinating to see who he puts up and definitely a make or break. Uh, let's talk a little bit of local stuff that's going on. Patrick, you continue to be to kind of put it out there about Montgomery County's confusing entering into phase one, entering into reopening. And then I also want to talk to you guys about the Bethesda biker incident. I'm curious, Guy, to see what you think, because obviously police and the Internet tracked down who the Bethesda biker was. But prior to that. Yeah. Two poor guys were were dragged um, for a period of time on Twitter. And then everyone was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Meanwhile, while well, we ruined your life. Um, so let's start. By with- the way, that, that happened to me, by the way, when they made fun of Emmanuel Lewis. A lot of folks thought that happened to be me as well. So I'm what? not Webster, guys. Don't go. Yeah, don't don't put me in that bucket. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, let's start with the Bethesda biker guys. You know, everybody has seen the video. It was trending nationwide um, of this guy, you know, physically pulling and attacking this girl who I don't know, look, maybe 10 or whatever, who was putting up Black Lives Matter flyers and George Floyd flyers. And he's tracked down on the Internet. But 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 prior to that, two guys were sort of falsely accused. What did you all think of that? You know, it's it's so shitty. It's like the best and the worst of the Internet. Well, I mean, obviously, the video went crazy viral right away. Uh, And, you know, listen, I think Twitter, you know, Sarah, you and I have talked. We've done 103 episodes. We've probably in about 75 of our episodes. We talked about the Twitter mob. (laughs) It's insane. We should change the name Uh, of the show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I. It's unfortunate. I think we've seen a lot of that in some and, and in some serious ways. And this was certainly a serious incident. And unfortunately, two people 
had to pull their social media. Uh, what's crazy to me is, you know, a, a gentleman by the name of Paul Weinberg was accused first. Yes. And he completely denied it. And they, the Strava mob, which is a social media athletic, uh, you know, you post your run in, your runs or your workouts or your cycling uh, uh, performance on Strava. And then a whole bunch of people saw his picture on Strava and said, oh, this is the guy, even though his workouts that day were like in the evening, not in the morning when the incident occurred. It could have been, you know, if they taken five seconds they could have easily figured it out it wasn't him yeah and then they said okay it's not him it's this other guy who used to be a former montgomery county police uh, officer police officer and his son's a police officer well then it's not him and it's just you know we got to be careful let's you know we need to let let the police investigate um you know we all try to be investigators on twitter and 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 unfortunately try to ruin people's lives and and i think it's it's just unfortunate, but they did hey. catch the right guy. Go ahead, guy. Yeah. I was going to say, hey, I just learned something. Perhaps let's let the police do their job, just like yeah. you said, Patrick. And, oh, there we go. But if we defund the police, that would not have happened, and the wrong guy would have gotten accused. Hey, look, with regard to, to what happened, when I saw that video, uh, it was an eye-opener. It was very disturbing, but I will revert back to what I said earlier, and that is, as an African-American male in America, you deal with certain things. I've dealt with something like that before. I, I, I've, I, I've had someone be enraged simply because of my skin color, simply because of something I said. But I think for a lot of folks that happen to be others, this was an eye-opener for them as well. Oh, my God. It wasn't as if the three young ladies that he happened to be taking the, the posters of the flyers from uh, were African-American or right. were people of color. Um, so and, and if you look at the video, the, the shock and awe in their faces as well is, oh, my God, what's happening? What's going on here? Um, what's another disturbing point about all of this is that, once again, they were expressing their American right to protest. Yeah, uh, it's not as if they were posting flyers of hate. They just said, hey, we're, we're talking about a, a gentleman that died, whether he's black, white, yellow, whatever. Um, and we want folks to uh, to protest uh, his death. And, and just to see that that man react that way was really disappointing. And um, well, it's I, I like the woman in, uh, you know, you know, obviously pre-protest, but Amy Cooper in uh, New York City, yeah. in Central Park with yeah. the bird watcher. She went nuts. Like at the end of the day, there, there's some strange people out there who react very poorly in, you know, and, and. You know, uh, you know, listen, I think Amy Cooper and this guy, his name's, I believe, Anthony Brennan, the third. Yes. Uh, they need some help. Like they they need some help. Like, but, God, but guys, this has been happening. And that, thank God for cell phones. This has been happening forever for yeah, me, for my friends, my family. It, it's, it's just now that it's being captured right. on cell phone video that it's being exposed to all. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want folks to think that, you know, this is just starting to happen no, because, no, you know, no, by no Trump means. is in yeah. office or, or what have you. This has been going on for years. And thank God, because the cell phone video, we're now able to document it and, and let others see what uh, what some people deal with as African-Americans within this country. Guy, I want to ask your opinion on some. So, you know, talking about social media and some other things. You know, in light of the protests, you've had some, uh, well, one's from a, from a journalistic perspective and the other's social media. So you've had the op-ed editor of the New York Times had to resign because he allowed uh, op-ed to enter his newspaper from Tom Cotton, sitting U.S. senator, very conservative U.S. senator. Uh, 
and uh, you know the the, um, the I guess they were you know liberals or you know some people some articles used the word woke uh, employees of the New York Times rised up and and because of an op-ed he ended up having to resign the editor uh, in chief of the Philadelphia Inquirer who I believe it was day two or three had a headline buildings matter two. Now this is a guy who uh, revitalized the, the, the Philadelphia Inquirer. It was a paper that was bankrupt, kept a lot of people employed, been there 20 years, uh, had to resign. Um, you, you've seen people go back into their archives or their or tweets and, and, and text messages to try to get people fired and resign. I mean, I believe the new dean of journalism at the uh, Walter Cronkite Institute at Arizona State had to resign before she even started the other day. So I'd like to get your perspective on what's going on in, in this. Is, is this right, wrong? Or no, no. Ahead? Yeah, yeah. I don't agree with this at all. Look, I think what it all boils down to is that, especially if this is an op-ed, uh, this is uh, someone's opinion. This is, you know, how one feels or how one views the world currently. When you fire someone like that, when someone makes a statement and you immediately fire someone like that, what do you think it does to that individual? It, it wouldn't would it not anger you that you got fired because you spoke your mind? That's or, a good point. You, you made your you know, you made in a, you, you said what you had to, you know, on your mind at the time. So instead of that, why not use that as a teaching tool? Why not sit that person down and explain to him or her as to why this was offensive, as to why the other side sees it this way? Because then what do we all want? come together we all want us you know we all want to you know kumbaya hold hands and, and, and make it a, yeah. you know, a great day if you will so you- i think i think you know that that person that got fired in philly and, and the other city that you made mention of they're sitting at home right now and they're pissed off and, and they haven't learned anything about, if anything, it, it, it has added fuel to that fire of how they felt before. Guy, where's the line for you? Because, you know, you, Amy Cooper lost her job. Uh, the Brennan guy, the Brennan the third guy lost his job. Um, also, but I, think, but I think they should. I do, those too. Two, I do, too. Those two people committed heinous acts, right? But, but to a guy's point, I think your body of work over your career, what you've done for society, well, certainly... I don't think the New York Times should be apologizing for op-ed pieces. I think they opened up a can of worms now that they can never put back in. You know, I think they've become now, I don't want to say a joke of a newspaper, but I think they've hurt their credibility immensely. I think the Philadelphia Inquirer, you know, we could maybe agree it was a poor headline, but I don't think that this diminishes what the person's done over the last 20 years in, in that city and all the stories they've reported on and what they mean to that community. I think I hate to think we're at a point where either a mistake, a poor headline, a bad judgment. I'm not talking about like where you say racist, disgusting things. I'm talking about business decisions that may or may not be turn out to be the the right or perfect one being fired. I I, I, got to be honest with you. That's not a society I want to live in. If that's where we're headed that's a problem. Well, that's a problem for me. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the um, what's the tipping point? Is the tipping point? You know, obviously, we know that Amy Cooper was racist in her, um, you know, in that video. But Sarah, you even said with Amy Cooper, you weren't even sure she should have been fired because it was, you know, in a park, and yes, yeah, she certainly should have been vilified and condemned. No, I said I she guess should Frank be fired. Ha- 
Yeah, I don't remember. I thought you were. No, you I was. I was bit. for her being fired. I mean, I, I, no, I'm just always curious where the line is because you're seeing not only that, but Refinery.com. Uh, the woman who runs that stepped down for you know she's been running Refinery.com, which is a women's website, has had no diversity for ten years, so she's stepped well, down. Who's the cook? Allison Doran. Do- is it Allison Doran who's getting criticized? <laughs> Apparently, she put there was somebody found a picture when when MySpace was still around. Where she was, I believe she was dressed as Amy Winehouse, but it looked like she was wearing uh, either blackface or some. She changed her skin tone. Have you seen this? It broke like yesterday. Apparently, she's a famous cook. Oh really? Uh, no, I gotta go look. I yeah, just, I, think, I just think that's. Uh, I just wonder. I think it's an interesting discussion. That's all. So I'm just wondering, like, for guy, what you think is like? How do you determine who gets fired, who doesn't? With regard to the woman in New York, yeah, definitely need to be fired. And I say that if I owned a business and this person happened to work for me, you're bringing harm to my business. I'm not going to get any more business because of your actions. And that typically goes where anywhere we work at. You know, we're both at Fox. You know, if I go out and act an idiot, you know, right. do something when obviously you would have grounds to release me. You I mean, you don't want to be associated with that. So because of that, I think she should have been fired. Um uh, but I do think that the responsibility really falls on her. And that is, she said that she made a mistake. She apologized for making the mistake. Well, put your money where your mouth is. What are you going to do from here on out? What right. are you doing to, to, to prove that you really did make a mistake? Or were you just trying to keep your job? Because now she's lost her job. I haven't heard anything about her since then. Haven't heard her, you know, maybe sticking up for uh, an issue that affects the African-American community. Haven't heard her, you know, donating any money to uh, uh, the African-American community as well. So uh, it, it, it's a thin line, you know. Once again, as a business, I'd have to let her go. Yeah. You broke the rules to a certain extent. I, I can't have you show up at a, at a meeting when we're trying to get new clients. And, oh, that's the young lady that, you know, happened to say this about that African-American man in the park. Right. Um. It, so, sorry, it was Allison Roman, not Allison not, Roman. Okay, yeah, did we lose it's, Guy? It's, it's all over Twitter. Oh, she was twenty three years old. Uh, I don't know who the artist is. Is it? Oh, I, I, I gotta Cola? go look. So some people are saying that she was trying to be C H O L A, and oh, it's she was saying she was Amy what? Okay, Cola, and now she had to apologize, and people are saying, "Why did you apologize?" Anyway. The point is, to, to Guy's point, I, I, I don't, I, I think there's acts that you do, uh, to Guy's point, that, you know, cross that line, hurt the business, hurt the, hurt, hurt the company's re- reputation. There's more clauses in people's contracts. But, you know, some, some business decisions that turn out to not be perfect, I, I, or, or, you know, pictures from 23 years ago. I think we got to be very careful that. that right. That's right. a slippery slope. Guy, are you still there yeah. or do we lose? Okay. You, you're still there. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think that it is a good, um, no, you're right. You're right. There's absolutely a line in that regard. Um, do you guys want to end with, do you want to talk Montgomery County yeah, face? Positive or, okay. Stuff. Okay. Well, where do you want to go? <laughs> Okay, uh, anyone? Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I need a drink right about now. I'll take a, you know, scotch, two ice cubes, please. Wow. Sports, pre- Premier League soccer <laughs> okay. coming back June 17th. All right. I'm excited about that. Okay, excellent. Yep. Guy, do you think the NBA is going to get going? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I, it, 
Yes, and with that being said, I think they need to follow what the NHL did, and that is, uh, I believe, what, 24 teams are actually going to go ahead and uh, make it to the playoffs. Uh, I can't remember the gentleman that plays for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, uh, the, the point guard. Yeah. Uh, but he made a big issue saying that, you know what, um, we were two games back from the eighth seed. Of course, you got to be in the eighth seed to make the playoffs. What's the point of returning if you're not going to even give me an opportunity to make it to the playoffs? Um, I, I yeah, see I his I, point. I, I, I heard you guys talk about that on Like It or Not that night. I, I agree with him to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he is uh, has to think about his family. Of course, he's thinking about the contract. If he gets hurt, although um, he, he shouldn't, I don't think he should be paid then. Yeah. Oh, I agree as well. I but at the same time. His teammates are probably going to look at him and say, dude, you left us out. You're going ahead and, you know, throwing in the towel and not going to give us a chance to make it to the playoffs. Well, if the NBA doesn't give him an opportunity to, to take his team to the playoffs, you might have to sympathize yeah. with, with his point of view. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing hockey return, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, we ah. talked about that recently on Like It or Not as well. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of hype surrounding it, more so than when they made their playoff run two years ago, mainly because – Guys, we have been shut in for the last three months. Yeah. All of us are looking for something to cheer for. I mean, you hopefully, know, rock hopefully, the hopefully Major League Baseball can figure out their union issues. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see what college football does in the fall. Obviously, you know, some schools are have decided they're going to start students back on campus mid-August, early August. and They'll go back for Thanksgiving break and not come back. They'll finish the semester online. Uh, but, you know, these massive stadiums on college football, I think it's going to be very difficult. Uh, but having said that, I've been, you know, one of the issues that I did want to talk about, Sarah, was, you know, Montgomery County, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. My favorite county executive, Mark Elrich. Um, by the way, a county that we're moving Fox 5 to. In does less than does a Mark year. respond to you? I, I can't wait for you to. Uh, oh, no, a, he's, yeah, yeah, Mark was, you, you can't be one of Mark's favorite people. Well, he's no. going to throw us a welcome party. That's, that's what I hear. And, and so, uh, yeah. I, I think he has <laughs> completely mishandled this. Okay. I think he's, there's been no transparency from the county. I think they've been woefully uh, uninformed in terms of what phases and where we should be and what they're using as metrics. My point for all of these cities is, you know, we need to allow businesses, we need to set protocols and then allow businesses and then consumers to, to be safe and protect. If they don't want to go, then they, they make that choice. But right. to me, the government keeping a county of this size, in essence, locked down where a retail bookstore can't open, Party City can't open, but Michael's can, or Walmart can sell clothes and yeah, you know, but a, your local a store by me called you know my big finds can't open. I, I think it's just completely arbitrary. I think it's been mishandled, uh, and you know you know I, I've spent a few weeks in North Carolina as I've told you, Sarah. They've opened. They've opened safely. You could go to a restaurant. You you could go inside a restaurant. The, the, every facility I felt safe. You know. I'm going to have to somewhat disagree with you, Patrick, on this one. And, and I think that's yes, finally uh, yeah, well, well, <laughs> guy I, like agrees. I, the way I look at it is that I think a lot of folks are just saying, you know what? The coronavirus been there, done that. It's all good. And I beg to differ. Uh, I, I honestly think there's going to be a second wave. I think most Americans are suffering from uh, shut in fatigue. 
uh, they're ready to get, get out. And they're saying no matter what we got to deal with, the hell with it, we're just going to go ahead and move forward. With regard to the executive, the county executive, uh, Mr. Elrich, um, he lost me a long time ago. And he lost me because I think he lacks leadership. Yeah. When he stood at that podium and said, you know what, guys, I told you, I'm going to wait to see what D.C. does. I told you, I'm going to wait to see what PG does. Well, sir, what are you planning to do? Yeah. Why are you following suit with regard to what everyone else is doing? Um, and I think that really lost a lot of people. It's as if, you know, he's, he's peeking around the corner to see what everybody else has going on before he finally, uh, and I hate to say it, has the balls in order to make a decision. But at the same time, uh, if his reason for that is because he, too, agrees with me and thinks that the coronavirus is still thriving, is still going to be an issue. I get it. But, dude, you got to change the way you're going about it, because right now you're lacking leadership. Yeah, Why don't so you stand I, up and say how you really feel? I, I agree with you on, on I agree with you on your opinion of him. I disagree with you on the other side in only in that. I think it's still serious. Listen, I, I was personally affected by it. I so that does by no means do I think COVID is gone. Okay, I I I am concerned though that you're not going to have a vaccine anytime soon. It's still here. The the reason for the the shutdown, stay at homes, lockdowns, whatever you want to call them, was to flatten the curve. The state of Maryland positivity rates are in the single digits. Hospitalizations are at an all time low since January. You have to give these businesses a chance to survive. You have to set some protocols, allow a certain number of people in. And, you know, and having said that, I do think it's even more difficult now after these protests, after the same politicians that for months were telling us you can't have more than 10 people in one location. And again, I'm not saying they uh, protesting is a right of every American, just like religious services are, sure. just like certain other things are. And I think it's very hard now for Governor Murphy of New Jersey or Mayor Bowser or whomever to say that you can't have gatherings. Uh, I mean, Montgomery County, I believe the day after the largest protest in the county came out and said that all events in outside parks are canceled. Hmm. They've, listen, I couldn't see my son graduate at an outdoor ceremony from college because there was only, there was going to be 600 people there. Right. Yeah. yeah. We had hundreds of thousands. And again, that doesn't diminish what the protests are for by no means. I'm just talking about the COVID situation related to those protests. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I think there is going to be a spike guy and I agree with you, but I also think you have to give businesses a chance to survive. Oh, um, all right, Patrick, anything else? I mean, we've covered a lot. Um, well, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> We are getting to the bottom of some life issues. Um, I'll just say this. I think um, at Fox 5, obviously, we're very, you know, we, we're extremely diverse group uh, uh, of employees. And, and, and as journalists, you know, they're committed to, you know, reporting, I mean, oral issues fairly. But certainly, I think on this issue, um, I, you know, I, I want to just give a shout out to my colleagues. I mean, down at the protests, covering them. We had Icon last week. Yeah. I think they, I think they've done a magnificent job. In addition to that, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be starting a series 
not just a segment, but an overarching series called Race to Equality. Mm. Okay. Which will really examine this issue, other issues. Um, it's it's a long time coming. It's 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 um, it's going to be a collaborative effort with community leaders, uh, politicians, um, influencers, and certainly colleagues within in, in the building. Uh, and it, it's going to start next week. Uh, again, it's going to be called Race to Equality, and I think it's going to be a very important uh, piece, I guess, and, and ho- hopefully contributes to starting conversations and, and hopefully helps get to some solutions on a very important issue. Well, wow, yeah. that'll be great. I, I applaud you guys for uh, doing that, Patrick. If if I could just say, I just wanted to address the whole Black Lives Matter thing. I don't want to get, you know, get deep again, but I, no, it no, just, I, I just wanted your audience to understand, you know, I think a lot of folks find that term uh, offensive, um, Black Lives Matter. Um, and instead, they want to say all lives matter. That is true. But uh, I think that if you look at systemic racism, Black women, three times more likely to die during childbirth. Black men, much more likely to die in the hands of police. So it's evident that racism is embedded in each system. So, yes, all lives really do matter. But when I just laid out those stats and it pertained to black people, hence there's now a push to say, hey, guys, please look at me. Please understand black lives matter. That's what that's about. It's not it's not saying all lives don't matter. It's just that there have been issue time and time again that affect African-American. I think that's a par- I think when people say all lives matter or white lives matter or blue lives matter or whatever, it's just a, it's a knee jerk reaction and they're, they're not educated or informed. You know, I, I'm, I do a ton of fundraising for, for leukemia lymphoma society for blood cancers. When I say to someone, blood cancers kill X, blah, blah. They don't say, well, all cancers matter. Like it's just idiotic yeah. response. They, right. they're just, they don't understand that. Just because you said the crisis is the crisis, that doesn't mean all lives don't matter. What we're trying to say is that black lives matter should matter as much as all lives to Agreed. society. So, um, Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you finished with that. Thank you, Guy. Uh, that was great. Guy, we, we agreed way too much. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? I don't know, Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still independent, damn it. Okay. Uh, are you sure? Maybe, maybe is... that, maybe I'm in, Sarah, I'm independent now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> maybe you've converted Patrick. All right. That's good. That's good. Um, Guy, where could people find you and follow you? We really appreciate your time today. Hey, guys, I appreciate it as well. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, Guy Lambert News with an S. Uh, on Instagram, Guy Lambert News with a Z. Uh, and, of course, uh, WPGC, the Joe Clear Morning Show. I'm the news director at uh, WPGC on 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, and, of course, uh, here and there, I get a chance to hang out with you cool guys and gals. Yes. Over at Fox 5 on uh, Like It or Not. Right, thank you very much, guys. Yes, I really you. appreciate it. As do I. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye, Patrick. Sarah. Yes, you got it. We'll see you next week. Bye.